like nostalgic movie review from nerdy married man hello good day to you and welcome back to the show <laughs> and top of the morning to you <laughs> <laughs> today we are looking at a uh, original verse remake kind of not really but uh we're looking at the room <laughs> yeah. versus the disaster artist which is like a mockumentary of how the room was made exactly uh the room came out in 2003 it was rated r and it was an hour and 39 minutes disaster artist came out in 2017 rated r and an hour and 44 minutes yes critic score for the room is a 26 percent with an audience score of 47 percent while the disaster audience uh, the audience the disaster artist has a 91 percent critic score and 85 percent audience score Wow. Widely different. What a difference. <laughs> and you can definitely see why while watching these movies. Yep, the, uh, the Room is kind of known as being the best bad movie ever made. Uh, it's also been called the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah, which is weird to say and weird to think about. But, like, this is, like, one of the first, like, I guess they call them, like, black comedies or whatever. Like the comedies that aren't supposed to be comedies, but are ended up being a comedy. Well, I know the creator, writer, de- director, producer, and starring Tommy Wiseau. Uh, the Room was originally meant as a very serious film, but after seeing the audience react to it, he played it off as you know what? It's actually supposed to be funny. Yeah, this was supposed to be funny the entire time. I'm glad you guys caught the joke and it's you're laughing at it. It's, <laughs> it's fun and entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, no, you, you meant this to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the room, of course, like I said, starring Tommy Wiseau as Johnny. There is uh, Juliet Danielle as Lisa. Greg Sestro as Mark and Philip Haldeman as Denny. It's just a few of the people mentioned. Yeah. Um, in The Disaster Artist, we have uh, James Franco playing Tommy. Uh, we have Dave Franco playing Greg, who is uh, Mark in the room. And then we have Ari Grainer, who is playing Lisa's character. We have Josh Hutcherson playing Denny, and then I, I love mentioning that uh, Zach Efron is in this movie. Yeah, says Chris R. He says Chris R., and he's in just a couple scenes, but it, he just he well, rocks and it. And we have Allison Brie in this. We have Paul Shear in this. We have Seth Rogen is also in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Manzikis. I can't remember how to say his name. And, like, there's just a huge cast for this movie. Well, even, like, Megan Mullaney is in it. Or Mullally. Yeah. Uh, plays Dave Franco's character's mother. And it's just hilarious. And uh, Sharon Stone and Melanie Griffith are also, like, big names. So there's a lot of big names in the... And there's even more in, like, there's a scene in The Disaster Artist that is filmed, like, talking about The Room. And it's all these actors talking about The Room. And it's got so many big hitters in that. Oh, yeah, the... Opening scene with all the different celebrities is just that was I think one of my favorite parts of the Disaster Artist. Um, one of the things that's really cool about this is uh, this is actually the f- there's only one movie that Dave Franco and James Franco were in together before this, and it was one that James Franco starred in that Dave Franco had a, an appearance on, but it was an uncredited appearance. But after that, they had been in no other movies together until this, because Dave Franco wanted his own career outside of just being his brother's 
brother. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he did all these movies, and they said when this movie came out, that he felt that they both felt that this is the movie they should do together. Oh, and the fact that they're both the stars in it, and they just they, they play off of each other so well. It's so good. And Dave Franco always brings his wife along to everything he does, basically, anymore. Which his wife is Alison Brie. Oh, okay. Who's his I love interest that. in the movie. Um, which, yeah, Dave Franco actually has his own horror movie that he directed recently called The Rental. It came out in 2019, and it stars Alison Brie. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things with that. Um, I guess we'll get into the synopsis. Uh, I can do the synopsis for The Room if you want to do The Disaster Artist. Sure. We'll just go back to back. So this is The Room synopsis. So Johnny is a successful bank executive who lives quietly in a San Francisco townhouse with his fiance Lisa. One day, putting aside any scruple, she seduces Johnny's best friend Mark. From here, nothing will be the same again. I really find it funny that in the plot synopsis it says fiance, even though that's never said in the movie. Oh, they uh, say they're engaged. Yeah, well, they say my future wife. Yeah. <laughs> they never say the word fiance. That's anyway, true, that's true. Uh, synopsis for Disaster Artist. We got when Greg Sestro, an aspiring film actor, meets the weird and mysterious Tommy Wiseau in an acting class. They form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood where they, where they make their dreams come true. <laughs> yes. Um, which I also love. The Disaster Artist was just kind of like The Room was. He uh, James Franco actually directed this movie. Yeah, that's it's so funny. So he stars in it and directs it, just like in The Room, Tommy Wiseau. But Tommy Wiseau did everything. He even funded the entire thing, which The Room initially cost like $6 million. And he filmed it on two separate cameras, a 35mm and an HD camera, because he didn't know the difference. And he just bought out everything instead of renting it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, he spent so much money. Like, the HD camera alone was $100,000. That's ridiculous. And he put them both on the same like stand and rec filmed with both at the same time for every scene. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> the, uh. He uh, is an interesting person, I guess. Uh, for the longest time, people didn't really know where he was from because he kept telling people he's from America and specifically like New Orleans. Yep. And it, it wasn't until... I think recently that people found out that he's from Europe and uh, more specifically uh, Poland. Yeah, and they finally like released his age because no one knew his age for the longest time too. And he'd always be like, "I'm your age." Yeah, you just don't worry about it. Yep, yeah, <laughs> interesting person. But the room is uh, it does live up to its name as being like the worst movie. Yeah, I've ever so seen. we're gonna do kind of like what we did with the Karate Kid. We're gonna be talking both movies back and forth kind of scene by scene like oh we liked this one we didn't like it in this one kind of a comparison because there is a lot to compare yeah and there is a lot of similarities because it's the making of the movie and they show a lot of actual scenes from the movie in the disaster artist which is really really cool oh yeah well and even the i guess quote real life moments in the disaster artist kind of are an homage to scenes that are in the room and it, it kind of fits into how apparently a lot of the stuff in the movie is pulled out of Tommy's life. Yeah. Like uh, there's a character that even says like, do you even know what this film's about? And the disaster artist and uh, there's like, ah, we have a theory that if this is all autobi autobiographical <laughs> and like, these are like parts of his life, which you can definitely see and tell. Well, I think it was even uh brought up in an interview that the character Lisa is actually based off of a former engagement that Tommy had when yeah. he was younger. 
Um, very unique, weird movie, and the differences between these movies is just wildly crazy. But it's also just like amazing. Um, James Franco kills it as Tommy Wiseau. Like, there's a lot of times, and I, I always say with actors, when an actor is like at its his peak performance, you can barely tell who it is. Yeah. Like, and for me, I legit was like. I forgot that he wasn't Tommy sometimes. Like, yeah. It was so ridiculous how much he fit this character, how well he played him, and how much he studied him and talked to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got all his mannerisms down. Even the look on Tommy's face. Like, James Franco almost seems like he learned how to make his eyes kind of just look blank stared and, like, one of them kind of... Well, and, like, one eye's, like, kind of shut. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so good, and it's actually really cool because Tommy Wiseau actually said he would only ever allow two different people to play him. And the two people that he said they ever adapted the movie is he would only want James Franco or Johnny Depp to play him. Wow. <laughs> and he fell in love with Johnny Depp when he started a movie called Sonny that came out, I think, in 2002. And he's also from New Orleans. And so he's like, oh, yeah, a fellow New Orleans person. I like the way he acts. He, he, I, I could see him playing me. And he said the same thing for Johnny Depp, and he said only those two could ever play him. That's I'm glad that it came true. <laughs> yeah, and James Franco being such a big fan of it, and like all of the other actors he got involved with, like Seth Rogen and stuff, like they were all big fans of what Tommy Wiseau did with the room, and so they were all like really excited about doing this. And actually, uh, Greg Sestero actually also was a big fan of both James and Dave too and really enjoyed how much they liked him and wanted to be exactly like their characters. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, this uh it's actually kind of funny looking back at uh how we were talking about budget of the movie, how within the first 3 weeks the room only made about $1800 yeah. in the theaters. And but it he had it in one theater for 2 weeks that way he could still uh be in the running for an Academy Award. That's so funny. Because <laughs> oh. you have to have the feet, uh, your movie in the theater for a certain amount of time to be able to get nominated for an award. <laughs> it's, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, uh, obviously. But apparently nowadays it's still played in many theaters. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's very popular. When I was looking for places to watch this movie, I actually found uh, two theaters in uh, Denver, Colorado. We're from Colorado. I don't think we've ever said that, but... We've said Denver a couple of times, but there was a theater here in Denver that actually was playing this movie still. And I'm like, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it's funny. Apparently, a uh, little fun fact about the theater screenings. Uh, whenever the room is shown, people will bring spoons with them to the theater because throughout the movie, there are pictures on the set that are have stock photos of spoons in them. Mm -hmm. So whenever one of those scenes comes up in the movie and they see a spoon, people actually throw spoons at the theater screens. Because it's just a fun little thing to do. Well, and this movie almost was way weirder than it is initially. And they, they say it in The Disaster Artist, but it never says anything to this in the room. But in Greg Sestero's book that he also wrote about this movie and how the movie was made, he said that Tommy Wiseau actually intended for the film to contain a subplot in which Johnny was revealed to be a vampire. <laughs> and it's just because Wiseau had a huge fascination with those kind of creatures and so, like, there's a joke that's played in The Disaster Artist where he's like, oh, maybe I should be a vampire or whatever. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because it's actually, like, a true thing about it, which the authenticity of what they do in The Disaster Artist to play everything to a T on how it ex everything actually was. Like, 
you were like, there's no way, but it's most of these, if you look up the actual facts on it, it's all true. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I love how uh, the disaster artist, they'll, it'll show some of the scenes of the movie that they made and the meticulous detail they put in to matching the exact scenes of the room is amazing at the end of the movie before the credits roll they put have it side by side some of the very famous scenes from the movie and just showing how similar they are and it's basically shot for shot remake with those scenes yeah well and it's really cool too so actually james franco got a uh, a golden globe for his performance in this film really i didn't realize and that. when he was uh on stage accepting the award he actually brought Tommy wiseau up on stage with him to accept the reward for his performance of him so he really was paying homage like i love you Tommy. like this is all due to you this is all due to you wanting me to play you this is all due with you helping me play you in every way and it was <laughs> it was really cool i was like yeah, it just really showed like i know and we kind of said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about a movie with Kevin Spacey and Ansel, James Franco also has some stuff about him. We're not going to get into it, but seeing him do stuff like that was really cool. Like you could tell that there are still parts of him where he's a really good guy and really cool. Yeah. One of the things I still love is actually Greg Sestero and Tommy still make movies together. Like they actually have another one that I've thought putting on, thought about putting on our list. Cause it's actually a two part film called oh. best friends. And it's actually written by Greg this time instead of Tommy. Really? Yeah. The, both of them aren't directing, so it's a different director. But I heard they're actually pretty decent films. But it's oh it, man. Yeah, it's Best Friends Volume One and Volume Two, and it's I I can't remember it. I know it's a weird storyline of them like collecting teeth, and one's a dentist, and I don't even remember. But it's 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 a weird weird story, kind of like The Room is. But I just I I don't know if I could go through something <laughs> like The Room again. The Room was so hard to watch. Oh, it's we so got a awkward. lot of other horrible movies to get through. I oh. can't wait. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I just bought Velocipaster recently. <laughs> no. <laughs> do we want to give our ratings first, or do we? Uh, sure. What do you feel about both of these movies? <sighs> the, the Room was... It was so hard to watch. It's it's definitely one of those movies that it, it's better if you're drinking. Yes. Uh Oh, I just, it's just such an awkward movie. The dialogue is so weirdly paced and cut together and the scenes, a lot of it don't make sense and just weird editing. Yeah. And I mean, a, a lot of people do say it's, it's so bad. It's good. And I just, it's so hard for me to see the good part. It's so bad. It's bad to me. Uh, I'll, I'd probably give it uh, like a flat 20% for okay. the room. Fair. It's just, it's so hard to watch. There are definitely, like, a lot of the famous scenes that are quoted a lot are so funny. Like, but it's just bad. I did not hit her. I did not. It's bullshit. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> or or the, the scene with the, uh, my favorite scene in the movie is the flower shop scene and him walking in and uh, saying hi to the owner. And she's like, oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. And he's just, oh, yeah, that's how much here. Keep the change. Oh, good doggy. And just walks out. It's just, it's so weird. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, and then for the disaster artist, I, I definitely rate it higher. I, th I think it's uh, James Franco and all the cast do a really good job of kind of portraying those people and showing how it was made and whatnot. And yeah. I would definitely give it higher. I'd probably give that 
uh, probably like a 70, like okay. a flat 70. Because uh, I, I really appreciate what they were doing there, and it's just kind of cool seeing all that, and they did a really good job. But it's it's still bad, and I think it's because of yeah the topic. I just I think the room is such a bad movie. So uh, for me, I actually watched this movie with my wife, and we did play a drinking game when we played this movie. Which we were looking through a couple different drinking games for this movie because there's like a ton of them out there with all these different rules, and some of them I was like, we are not doing that one because we are going to be plastered if we did that rule. So I found <laughs> I found one that only had five rules. So if you guys want to do this drinking game too, I highly suggest it. It's hilarious. You will probably get drunk. So watch what you're drinking and watch how much you're drinking. Be safe. But um, so I had it with anyone says, oh, hi. Anyone says, Mark. Anytime Johnny laughs. Anytime someone enters or exits the front door. Anytime Lisa says she doesn't love Johnny anymore. And anytime there's a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> drunk Which, so quickly too much <laughs> too much i mean i think it's within the first 15 minutes of the movie you already have two sex scenes right there oh i had a note for that where was it there was six and a half nude scenes in the movie uh in the first 26 minutes there's three sex scenes that's ridiculous yeah it's absolutely ridiculous it makes no sense whatsoever it's just <laughs> why <laughs> well i mean i guess i'm wondering if Tommy Wiseau even knew how to sex. Yeah. <laughs> because it looks like he's like trying to hump her belly button. Yeah, it's it's really bad, but really fake, really the, terrible. The way they're cut, it's they'll go from like essentially kissing to then having a tickle fight, back to them kissing, then back to them laughing with each other, then back to them kissing, and then back to him like rubbing a rose on her face and dropping petals yeah. on her. And it's just well, and it's one of so the weird. With the sex scenes that's hilarious is Tommy Wiseau, uh, in The Disaster Artist, he says this, but he actually believed this in real life, and Greg said this is a real quote from him. He really, really did want his ass shown in the movie because he thought it was going to sell the movie. <sighs> and no. everyone's like, no, that's so... Uh, that's it's, not too a, it's too much. It's bad. For me, so I had a ton of fun with this movie. This movie is bad in every way. It is so bad. But to me, I had a ton of fun watching this, and I was so entertaining, especially drinking the entire time, <laughs> playing the drinking game. So I actually gave this a 38%. It's it's one of those movies that you're gonna you wanna watch with friends, you wanna watch while either drinking or smoking, if you're legal and if it's okay in your state, and you want to just have fun with it. It's not a movie to take seriously at all. It's a movie just to make fun of and laugh at the entire time. And if you do that, you can have some enjoyment with it. Um, for me, the disaster artist on the other hand is damn near perfect like this it's so good and they do such a good job with it and like it's still a bad movie but it's actors playing a bad movie on purpose so it's a lot harder to knock yeah. it's a lot harder to downgrade them for anything they're doing because they're doing it because of a specific reason and they're acting it so perfectly well so even when it is awkward or weird or bad it's supposed to be those ways so i actually gave this an 88 <laughs> percent <laughs> I'm a little less uh, than the critic score, but a little higher than the audience score on that one. But for me, I think that it like there's a reason the critics loved it and the audience loved it as much as they did. The Disaster Artist is incredible at how good of actors these people are portraying how bad this movie was. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. So yeah, 
that's kind of our first thoughts and stuff for it. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk just for you guys about next week. Next week we're having David's video game adaptation pick. Yes, the Resident Evil. It's the movie from 2002 by Paul W.S. Anderson. Yes. Please join us next week for that movie. It is fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, highlights and downfalls for these movies. We're kind of going to do what we did with The Karate Kid. We're going to jump back and forth between them. I got to say... One of my favorite scenes in The Disaster Artist is probably that Chris R. scene with Zac Efron. Oh, it's so It good. is so fantastic. And I didn't almost recognize Zac Efron at first. And I love that he appears back later in the film with, like, clean-shaven and, like, looking like he normally does. And he's like, oh, hey, yeah, I was Chris R. And, oh, yeah, I was Peter. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, uh, apparently, he was so good at being the actor that played Chris R. Uh, was so angry on set and mad at Tommy with how he was treating everyone, but apparently a lot of the cast and crew were actually afraid of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. Well, and Zach Efron playing that, like, gruff guy who, like, would snap and kill someone, and he actually played it pretty damn well. Like, I was actually like, oh, geez. These... And he actually, I think, plays it, like, even, like, darker than the original character, <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. And the way he, he threw down Josh Hutcherson, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Jeez. Like, it's pretty awesome, but it's it's so crazy. Like, uh, I was talking to David earlier. James Franco's performance as Tommy Wiseau, and I said to you guys, it's just insane. It's so, so good. It's probably my favorite James Franco performance. Yeah, I, I think he does a phenomenal job. And just some of these characters, just <laughs> what the hell? Uh, one of the things that I find funny is uh, a lot of the characters are being portrayed as like they have homework in school to do, but all these actors are like, like what what age are some of these characters supposed <laughs> yeah. to be? Like Denny is supposed to be like I guess a fourteen 14. or fifteen year old or something, and Lisa's friend is supposed to like she needs to leave and do homework, but she's seen drinking like wine and having a good time in the scene, and it's like <laughs> yeah. what age is everyone in this? <laughs> Which, that's always a thing, and the disaster artists, they play it up, and they have, like, because you get to see these people making of the movie, so you get to hear the actors talking about what they're doing in the movie, along with filming the scenes for the movie, which is a really interesting take, because a lot of what is actually said is a lot of what, from what Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau said, they remembered hearing from the actual actors <laughs> during their filming of it. So, a lot of what you see in the disaster artists actually did happen in between filming, how it was filmed... The way Tommy Wiseau was doing everything, like, he even compared himself to Hitchcock at one point. Yep. He's like, because he, a lot of people weren't taking him serious as a director because he's never directed anything before. He's never written anything before. It's a really bad film with no plot and a lot of weird things. Like, he throws a, a character's mom having breast cancer in just as a twist. But never comes back around to the story yeah, point. So, I don't know how he doesn't understand that that's not a twist. <laughs> and it's a really funny thing like where the actor's like talking to her husband like that this never even comes back up in the movie like i don't <laughs> understand this but that's how it was and like he was actually had someone like documenting him the entire time filming him and so he has all this background footage of all these people talking crap about him <laughs> and so he's like oh, I'm not a real film director, so he watches a bunch of films and stuff and keeps showing up late, and he's like, oh, well, Alfred Hitchcock is really famous, but he's a really a big asshole to everyone that he works on films with, so I'm just going to be an asshole to everybody in the next day. Oh, I go so in. horrible. <laughs> and I was just but, like, 
what? Uh, I love how it's portrayed too, like how he has so many issues with the acting on set, and apparently uh, Tommy took around 32 different takes to do that famous rooftop scene. And uh, a lot of people had to like use cue cards and remind him of what his lines were. Which I love that in the Disaster Artist when they're filming that scene and he keeps on walking out and asking for the line and it gets to the point where the entire cast and crew has the entire lines memorized and they all start saying it all at once. Yeah, it's so funny. (laughs) And then he gets it right but while staring right into the camera and they're like, no, do it again. But (laughs) then that's when... Which I don't know if this is actually what Greg did, but Greg had a talk with him and gave him a water bottle to hold, which it makes no sense in the movie why he's holding this water bottle when he walks out and then he throws it on the ground for dramatic effect. And I'm like, why are you holding a water bottle for this scene? It makes no sense. But it's the famous scene of, I did not, I did not hit her. It's bullshit. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. It's, it's so weird. Which became a huge when tiktok first came out it was a hugely popular meme that a lot of people were using him throwing something and having them get hit with it like they were underneath <laughs> him or something and like got hit by a jug of water oh that's so good <laughs> so fantastic oh and I, I think it's funny how there's so much time in the movie spent to uh whenever friends are having conversations they're throwing a football around yeah and it's just the the weirdest thing but they're all talking and every time you want to play some football and they just toss it back and forth while talking about nonsense. Well, and there was a couple of times like he had filmed scenes and didn't really like where it was. So then he filmed scenes in a different location and it would cost like an extra 80 to a hundred thousand dollars in an extra two weeks of work to get this scene made just in a different place. And like he was making sets of places that were actually just places he could have filmed. Yeah. <laughs> well, then a lot of the scenes have weird dub overs where they're running through the background, throwing a football, having a conversation, but then they're dubbed over it really close. Or yeah. I think the weirdest dubs are during the sex scenes where oh. they're like, you know, doing their business, and you just hear these weird moans over the sex scene, but it doesn't it doesn't fit what's actually happening on the scene. Like they're having their tickle fight or they're, you know, doing the deed and you just hear this like, uh, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's the sex scenes in this are so awkward, so weird, so awful. And so many, like we said, there's like, I, I said it's like six and a half new scenes. Cause there's one scene where it's a blowjob scene, which gets cut a little early. So that's why I said it's a half and it doesn't show any nudity for that one. But almost every other scene, has some sort of nudity and it's all really awkward and really weird and weird places like sex on a spiral staircase. Well, apparently for that scene, uh, Greg Sestro was so uncomfortable with it that they, he stayed wearing his jeans during that scene yep. because he wasn't comfortable with the nudity. It's just like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. And a couple of the sex scenes were actually like filmed and then they used the footage like from one time they did the filming of the sex scene for multiple sex scenes. Like they took, yeah, there, there are two, there are two scenes in a row, the first scene and then the second scene where it's supposed to be two different times, but they look so similar because the second scene is using unused footage from the first scene, (laughs) which again, weird as hell. Like it just makes no sense. Uh, this movie, it's hard to explain because there really isn't any explanation for this movie. Like, the explanations in the synopsis are pretty spot on, where it's just a story of a guy who works really hard, he pays for everything for everybody, he 
which is Tommy Wiseau. That's the exact same way he is. And he has this girl that sleeps with his best friend and then is like the, weird. The <laughs> best way to think of this movie is think of the worst TV drama soap opera that you've ever seen. And, and downgrade. Ti- yeah, make it even worse <laughs> than that. It is a really bad soap opera. And put nobody you know in it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just so bad. Speaking of characters... In this movie, Lisa is by far the worst character in all of these. And I know she's supposed to be portrayed that way, but, like, it's it's so bad. Like, she's so manipulative. She, like, tries to tell people that he hits her. She, like, is always trying to, like, get him to drink. Well, and she goes back and forth between loving him and then cheating on him and then the next scene loving him again and then cheating on him and then talking shit. And it's just... Yeah, it just makes no sense. The worst person in the world. Well, and I hate the mom in this movie, too, because she's always like, oh, but he pays everything for you, and you have a good life, so you should just love him forever. You should stay with him forever. You should get married to him. And she's like, but I don't love him. I love this other guy. And she's like, well, that doesn't matter. Love doesn't matter. Yeah, she's like, love marriage, isn't marriage. <laughs> marriage isn't about love. It's about uh, being able to pay for each other. Like, yeah. He pays for you and makes it so that you can do what you love doing. Like, uh, what? It's <laughs> So bad. so bad. Like, she also fakes a pregnancy at one point. Which came out of nowhere. Yeah. Randomly at his birthday party, too. Well, it's funny, because uh, one of the actors, uh, the actor that played his uh, psychologist friend, wasn't able to finish his filming scenes. <laughs> so about three quarters through the film, uh, Tommy had promised him they'd be done by that time, but it got pushed back so yeah. far. So that actor had to leave to go do other projects. So he actually wasn't in the last three two three four scenes so like the birthday party scene when lisa and mark uh you know they get everyone to go outside to get some fresh air and they stay inside to kiss and whatnot this random dude comes in and says like what are you doing and acts like he was there the whole time but yeah it's because they had to get it just a new actor for that part speaking of like i know we've talked about a couple of sex scenes and stuff already but there's one part that i just died laughing at and there's there's i'm telling you how awkward the dialogue in this movie there's one time this guy and the girl like come to his house and she's about ready to suck his dick and she's like talking to him and she's like arms up and he's like ooh and he puts his arms up and she takes off his shirt like a toddler and then they continue to go on having a conversation about chocolate like yeah. chocolate is the candy of love <laughs> and then he like eats a thing of chocolate then he puts a chocolate on her chest and then like eats the chocolate on her chest while kissing her and i'm like what is this like do you know how to ah <laughs> it's bizarre everything in this movie just seems so off and there's even a scene where danny's like he wants to follow tommy and lisa up to the bedroom because he's wanting to watch them have sex. Well, he then admits. They up, <laughs> then they end up having like a tickle pillow fight all together and then he's like <laughs> I forgot, it was like two two is great but there is a crowd you should leave then he's like fine i got homework to do anyway but he full out admitted before that scene like i'd like to watch you guys yeah. it's so creepy but then they also say that this denny character is supposed to be like tommy's basically adopted son like that he's helped out and he's paying for all of his tuition in college he's paying for his apartment until he's done with college He's paying for everything he needs. He comes over all the time. And then Denny also has like this long scene where he's talking about how much he loves 
Tommy's wife and wants to be with his wife and wants to kiss his wife and like there's times where he like walks over to the house and he's like hi Lisa you're very pretty today can I kiss you it's <laughs> and you're like what what why just <laughs> such a creepy like, character I don't understand and he's like it's okay to love her she loves you too but as a friend and and I love you and it's okay to love people if everyone loved everybody it would be a better place which kind of goes back to like in the disaster artist Tommy's talking about how he wants to have his own planet and he gives Greg like a pencil with a Tommy's planet eraser on the top of it (laughs) and he's like everyone just needs to love everybody and everybody will have more fun and everybody will not be sad or mad everybody just be love and fun and I'm like uh (laughs) yeah I think everyone wants that but it's just not necessarily possible and the way you're thinking about it makes it really weird I don't the disaster artist does it so well. Uh, so well. But I do, I do wish some of the uh, supporting characters in the disaster artist got a little bit more time. I know it was about Tommy and Greg and their experience, but there are some of the side characters. I'm like, it would have been cool to see a little bit more of them, like some of the crew people and yeah. some of the other characters. Like, like I felt like it was a little abrupt that Allison Bree's character kind of just was out of the movie because of what, like, him not going um, to go film that. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle scene. Yeah, well, I even thought that uh, even uh, Josh Hutcherson's character was underutilized. Like, he's just kind of there. He's playing Denny in that movie. And yeah, they just... really did not show a lot of Denny scenes from the movie. They pretty much only showed, like, the really famous scenes from the room, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I get that because it's more of the making of it than it is actually about the entire film. Yeah, absolutely. And more of the story of Tommy. So I get why they did that, but I, I definitely see your point of where, like, it is kind of weird to not see these other characters as much because, like, we see uh, the girl playing Juliet a lot still in the disaster artist and she's probably the character we see the most of but we don't really see peter too much we don't really see denny too much we don't see that other guy that replaced peter yep. <laughs> at all in the disaster artist like this it's a lot of like weird stuff with that yeah it's just a weird movie but uh, a fun thing about the disaster artist is i love uh the end credit scene where tommy wiseau actually cameos on the movie set and mm-hmm. is having a conversation with James Franco and it's it's so funny how they're going back and forth. Well, and I loved seeing at the end of the movie the scene by scene comparisons to what was there with them uh differentiating the audio. So like you would hear the audio for the room then you'd hear the audio for the disaster artists, but you'd see the scene side by sides and they almost did this shot for shot perfection yeah, on almost really every single scene that they remade <laughs> which is incredible which I gotta say is insane like uh which having Zac Efron on this like the only other movie I can think of that did that that well the shot by shot comparison of everything being the exact same was Zac Efron's comp- uh, portrayal of Ted uh, Bundy and oh, yeah. Wickedly, Wickedly and Shockingly Evil or whatever that movie's called yeah and like they do that same thing where it just really shows and it's it's crazy i love when movies do that like if you're portraying something and you can show me shot for shot side by side scenes of both movies at the same time and i see how accurately you did that it makes oh, yeah. it way better for from me. the camera angles to the mannerisms and even the the horrible accidentally like in shot cutting off half of someone's face <laughs> or more <laughs> funny lines in this movie like instead of like you know like when you're friends with people and you're like, oh, you chicken, you don't want to do this, oh, little Sally or whatever. In this movie, they go, oh, you, you don't want to play football? Cheap, cheap. 
Cheep, 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 You're cheep, a chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. <laughs> But they don't ever say, like, you're a chicken. They just start cheeping at him. And I'm like, what is cheep, cheep, cheep? <laughs> it's so bad. And, like, this, like... There's one point where he does drink and he's like flirting with Lisa and he's like, you have nice pecs. And she's like, no, you have nice pecs. He's like, ha, 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 ha. Or well, when like Greg's talking about like a character being like sexually assaulted and he's like, oh, that's a funny story, Mark. Ha, 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 ha. Well, with that drunk scene, like, I think it's funny how it's like that trope of whenever there's a drunk scene and someone has a suit that the other person not wearing the suit somehow ends up with the tie tied around the top of their head like yep. a bandana yep. it's like oh they're drunk because they're wearing the tie wrong <laughs> uh, uh, get it get it uh like there's so many things that come out of nowhere like when peter finds out about mark and lisa and then like mark almost tries to kill peter and then he's like pushing him towards the edge of the building and holding his head down and like thinking he's like going to toss him over and then he's like I'm sorry, my bad. I shouldn't have done like, that to you. Shake I'm... hands and walk it off. Yeah, and it's just like, wait, what? You can't just no. <laughs> I uh, I think it's funny how uh, I guess Tommy Wiseau took from other movies within this movie, like uh, you quoted earlier, the "You are tearing me apart, Lisa." Yeah. Like that's inspired and almost exactly quoted from the original movie called Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, which it's they actually so show funny. in the Disaster Artist was their explanation for why he liked that scene and why yeah. he thought he was such a good dramatic actor and he thought he could do the same thing and i really liked how much they showed how bad of actors they were by them going on all these different acting like uh, auditions oh yeah and then like meeting directors at like that like, restaurant they're actually bad and well and i love too like in the disaster artist when they're watching the movie at the premiere i loved actually having um all the actors talked about how awkward they looked in the movie and how awkward everything was. And like when they're first watching like the sex scene and stuff, they're like, oh, oh. And they're like, oh, I don't like, I don't like this at all. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? And then all of a sudden, somebody starts laughing. And then everyone starts laughing. And then it becomes this thing where everyone's laughing at the performance. But it was really awesome because like you don't really think about actors when they're in a bad movie having to watch and hear about how bad that movie was. Yeah. And if this wasn't a so bad it's good movie, this would have like torn some of these actors apart. Like I would have felt so bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this ended up becoming like a comedy movie that everyone loves. It's actually really endearing to all these actors, and it, they really showed that really well in the Disaster Artist. I thought that was incredible. Oh yeah, it did really well. And uh, back to that. Uh, seeing that uh director or writer in the restaurant that's uh judd apatow yep and it's just so funny how he reacts to tommy and he's quoting shakespeare and the waitress comes over like do you need help with him he's like what the fuck does it look like and (laughs) you know talking to her and then he's you let him get through two acts of shakespeare before he came over (laughs) thanks for running over quickly (laughs) and i uh one of the lines that i found absolutely hilarious in the disaster artist was when greg is mom is talking to tommy before he moves to los angeles and she's like asking what his age is and stuff and he's like oh I, i'm like greg's age or whatever and she's like oh yeah so you're 19 19? yeah whatever cool i just had, i just turned 14 he's like wow happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's so weird and it i mean it really would have been weird 
to have this older guy just randomly like I'm gonna pay for everything in your entire life because we became friends basically in a short span of time and like we're gonna move day. to LA and I I will pay for everything for you and it's like wait what but I guess that actually happened with them and well actually in the uh, in their real life apparently Greg said that he moved to Los Angeles for a few months before Tommy moved to Los Angeles oh okay so Tommy said he could go live in LA and gave him the keys and stuff to the house and then he showed up a few months later and then they started doing all this stuff together interesting yeah and they said uh greg actually was like giving him uh checks for rent but tommy wasn't cashing any and then i think after their like big fight he tried cashing all of them at once and overdrew greg's account seriously seriously <sighs> and it was a thing that they fought more about <laughs> later and i was like oh eddie but they're still friends and making movies and stuff to this day, and it's it's a testament to their friendship, honestly. Like, as weird as they are, and as weird as this is, and as weird as the movie they made is, they've done everything together, and they did everything themselves. Paid for everything themselves, wrote everything themselves, acted in everything themselves. Like, Good for you them. gotta say, like, these guys kind of did what they wanted to do with their lives. They followed their dream. I have to give them credit for it. Like, as bad as this movie is, they still made a movie, and it's a famous movie. It's not just some movie they put on YouTube and nobody watched. This is a movie that tons and tons of people watch to this day. Like, it's still in theaters like we were talking about. It's considered a cult classic. And that's why I think The Disaster Artist was such a really cool movie to have come out, because it's a telling of... Because I think... Greg Sestero actually wrote a book called The Disaster Artist. He did. That's what the yeah. movie is based on. So, yeah, this, which is really just amazing. Like, The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, the greatest bad movie ever made. That's what it is. <laughs> I couldn't remember the whole title, but it's... Oh, man. All in all, these movies are, uh, they're all right. <laughs> like I said, I think even if you don't want to watch The Room, I think you should watch The Disaster Artist. I think the acting in it and everything is amazing. And you don't necessarily need to have seen The Room to enjoy The Disaster Artist. I didn't watch The Room before I watched The Disaster Artist. I've actually seen The Disaster Artist two times before I actually saw The Room. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually just watched The Room for the first time this week. See, I, I uh, watched The Room right before watching The Disaster Artist. I think that just it made it that much better. I mean, I, I really enjoyed The Disaster Artist, but I think it was kind of cool watching them back to back. I think watching the disaster artist first actually was really unique because I got to see like how bad things were going to be in the room. And I kind of got a pre notion of what that was going to be. And then actually getting the full story. I was like, Oh my, like, like I was not expect. like, seriously, I cannot tell you how much I was like, I was not expecting so much sex. I was not expecting so much randomness. I was not expecting this like scenes to just randomly abruptly end People just, like, randomly appear. Like, there's a couple times, like, two people are talking. It cuts away to, like, a door, and then it cuts back, and, like, now there's four people. And you're like, where are those? What? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. Yeah, before watching The Room, I never expected it to be as bad as it was. Like, always hearing about, you know, it's so bad it's good and just how awful it was. I'm like, it can't be that bad. And then watching it, I'm like, oh, it is. Well, we've had a lot of movies that we like said like critics thought we were bad that we thought were kind of good so i wanted to really throw out a couple i'm gonna throw out a bunch of like bad bad movies because 
and having all these great movies, like movies that like put out like ninety seven percent or something. I want to have some movies that we throw down way in the gutter. We have to have our Avatar, The Last Airbenders, our The Room, our Velocipasters. Ugh. <laughs> like I was telling David, I can't wait for uh, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie to come out, Blood and Honey. Because I really want to do that for the podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be so bad. It is. Ugh. In the best of ways. Ugh. So, but that's that's all I got for this comparison. What do you got? Uh, I think that's all I have, too. Um, like I said, I think most of you will enjoy this. If you are going to watch The Room, I do suggest making it a movie night with friends or family. Yeah. Watching it, enjoying laughing at it. Like, do not take it seriously. Do not try to take it as an actual movie. Just have fun with it. Play a drinking game. Enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, with that, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week with Resident Evil. Yes. Goodbye. Bye.